0: Empty your cup here for a second, okay? For about the next 30 to 40 minutes. I'm gonna put some new things in it here. Uh, I'm gonna give you some things that maybe you haven't thought of before, maybe challenge what you already know about marketing or uh, publicity or, you know, growth. Um, it might be a little bit different in those ways. Wow. We're gonna do more of this, huh? I, I know. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They like it. They like it. So. Um, So uh, this is just a good setup. Now, for those of you who are getting the presentation under the presentation, again, how many are speakers? How important it is before you speak to people to get them mentally prepared, right? What did I do earlier with breakthrough? How many people like that? How many people saw what I was doing as a speaker there? Uh, How many people understand what this slide is designed to do here to get you guys ready to learn? Absolutely. So again, presentation on the presentation, we got such an advanced group here. A little bit of review abundance of knowledge does not teach men to be wise what we talking about earlier knowledge isn't power right knowledge is just knowledge wisdom is power right there's a lot of knowledge out there right now Uh, you can go on google you can learn about anything you want that doesn't really help you what you need to know is which truth has the greatest value and so i'm going to talk to you a little more specifically about how do you grow that movement how do you attract those people in your life that are really going to make a difference I mean, who here really believes? I mean, one, just one really great person could change everything for you, right? So I'm gonna shout out some names here that if you knew this person, your life would be different in a positive way. Like you really knew him. David Fagan, oh, thank you, thank you. Speak up, speak up. No, stop, stop, no, please, don't. Uh, <laughs> no, seriously, who, who are some of these people that you, if you knew them, they could just change everything for you. If, you? if you were friends with them, if you interacted with them regularly, who would it be? Bill Gates. Bill Gates, what? Who? Harrison Ford, okay, who else? Oprah Winfrey. Winfrey. what'd you say? Oh, you said Oprah too? Okay, all these people said Oprah all at once, yes. Ellen Ellen DeGeneres, okay, yeah. So there are people that that we know, right? And we were talking a little bit earlier today, and Steve said something that's very true, and I'm gonna gonna dive into it and leave it a little bit deeper. Right, there's an expression of, it's not what you know, it's who you know. I'm gonna take that one step further. It's not what you know, it's not who you know, it's who knows you. You can know all kinds of people, but if they don't know you, well, that didn't do you any good at all. (laughs) So how do you become more well-known? How do you own every room that you walk into? How do you make an introduction? There are people that refer me business. Over 91% of all the business we get comes by referral. That's not by accident, okay? I bet a lot of you guys get a certain amount of referral business. I train people on how to refer me because I know that if people learn a certain amount about me before we really have a powerful conversation, that conversation is so much more likely to go well. So I'm going to build on this a little bit more here. This is one of my books from invisible to invincible. This is the start of wisdom, is that some truths have greater value. Les Brown wrote the forward for my book. He was actually on the cruise with us here last time too. I love this quote. Be so good, they can't ignore you. Be so good, they can't ignore you, right? Uh, This is really a way to live your life when you're creating something, when you're doing something, when you're publicizing something, when you're marketing something, you know, when you're speaking. Everything you do, think about it. Be so good that they can't ignore you. This is what my business really comes down to in so many different ways. Okay, let's continue with the advanced stuff here. I teach something that's called the law of the war chest, and some of you will kind of fight me on this a little bit and me and Bernie sometime have uh, healthy debates on this, and um, I want you to understand something. There is something called the law of the war chest, and there is that question that everyone's asking, why you, right, why you? Why should I read your book? Why should I go to your event? In that sense, we are all competing. Is there enough out there for everyone? Absolutely. And by the way, is it okay to compete? It's okay to compete, guys. Bill Gates and Steve Jobs competed. We won because they competed. There are some amazing stories of athletes, there are some amazing stories of business people, and that competition made things better, it made them better. Now here's where competition goes wrong. When people start tearing down other people to make themselves better, that's not what we're talking about, that's not okay. But what I want you to know is you need to understand something about all the people out there in the world. They have a limited amount of resources to fight the battles of day-to-day life and business. They only have so much time. They only have so much money. Okay. used to be, in the early 2000s, people had a lot of real estate. Credit was easy. They had a lot of equity in their homes. People might come to events like this and spend 50,000, 100,000, 150,000. People were doing a lot of things. 2007, 2008, 2009, we saw a lot of that change. People typically don't have as much time and money in the war chest to fight the battle of day-to-day life and business. So you are competing for that. You know, and a lot of times people think, oh, well, uh, I'm in um, you know, the website business and so I'm competing with other companies that do websites. No, I mean, they might be sitting there going, well, I have so much money right now. Should I hire an assistant right now? Should I sponsor an event? Should I have a website be built? Should I open an office? Right? You have to create a compelling argument of why you. Right? There are lots of organizations that I donate money to. At the last Spirit Summit, I think we raised close to six figures in product, services, and cash for various organizations. I can't do that for everybody. So those organizations have to tell me, why them? Why should I help them? You know, where are those resources going? How are they being used? How are they helping you know, people maybe who aren't normally getting the help? You have to do that. You have to think about it in this way. Collaboration very much plays a role. But competition does exist in a very specific way that you have to kind of accept with some big boy pants, okay? It's okay, okay? We're not talking about tearing anybody else down, we're just talking about the need for you to answer the question, why you? Are you with me here so far? This is really important stuff. Maybe it's just after lunch and you're a little bit tired, but I just wanna make sure that we're all on the same page here, okay? This is important. Understand that this is the law of the war chest. Dee has some resources. Didi is a smart investor. She has time, some time. She has some money, right? She can do a lot of things. But she has to think very intelligently about where that's going to go, right? And you don't want to divide too much. You don't want to get into too too many different things. Who has ever watched Shark Tank before, right? What does Mark Cuban always do as a rule of thumb in what he invests in or always won't do as a rule of thumb in what he won't invest in? He doesn't invest in a company he doesn't know. He doesn't invest in an industry he doesn't know, it's just, it's just the way that he is. right? Uh, not right, not wrong, it's just the way that he is. So if you want to pitch Mark Cuban, right? you might want to research, is this something that he feels like he knows? He's got 150 different companies he's invested in, Okay, so there's more than a few things that he knows. If you're going to raise money for your organization, who else has that belief? You know, if you're dealing with kids, you're dealing with autism, you might want to figure out what celebrities have kids that have autism, right? Do you see where I'm going with this? Okay, so I'm going I'm to narrow on this a little bit more, but I want you guys to understand this that, you know, you need to know how people think about this. How many people recognize the fact that they have a war chest? Sometimes it's bigger, sometimes it's smaller, but you've got a war chest, right? You've got to fight the, the battle of day-to-day life and business. So let me tell you how Tom Hanks taught me to sell. I actually wrote an article on this in the Beverly Hills Times Magazine. I guess it was about a year ago now. Um, but I wrote an article on this about how Tom Hanks taught me to sell. And one thing you've got to know about Tom Hanks, Tom Hanks doesn't audition. Okay? You don't call up Tom Hanks and say, hey, Tom, we got, a, we got a script over here. Why don't you come down and read a few lines? We'd like to see how you do. Okay? You don't do that. If you want Tom Hanks to be in your movie, you write a blank check. You put it in a Manila envelope. You send it to his agent, and you say, "Hey, if Tom will grace us with his presence in our next movie, we'll allow him to fill in whatever amount he feels is fair on the check, and then we'll film the movie around his schedule." Okay? Why? Because you know what you get when you get Tom Hanks. You've seen all the movies he's playing. You've seen all the awards he's won. You've seen all the money he's made the theaters. All the money he's made the agencies and the companies. Right? He has a track record. That's what I want from my clients. I want you to have a track record. I want you to have proof of concept. I want you to have social proof. I want people to know how great you are that you don't have to audition for them, right? There are things that I'll do for people to answer questions. You know, Ross, I get on the phone and talk to him, and he wants to know what I can do. I'm gonna write him up a proposal and you know, give him some information. Dee Dee, uh Adam, Sherry, you know that's something that I do for people. But it gets to be a certain point where you know, David, I'm not sure, what do I, well did you see me on the Today Show? Yeah, I don't know, well did you see the client who was so happy they just bought me a Lexus? Yeah, and I'm thinking, well did you see the last five clients that I made them best sellers? Yeah, and I, I mean at a certain point, I mean, what do I really need to say? Do you understand what I'm saying? Okay, I mean there are all these things about sales where it's like, oh they have an objection and here's how you overcome that objection. Yeah, that's all helpful, but you know what's even better than that? is just having such an amazing track record that it just kind of speaks for itself. They're either going to hire you or they're not going to hire you. You don't really have to do this whole sell them thing on it. It's just kind of like, well, did you see the columns at the Beverly Hills? Okay, well, did you see the award I just won for Entrepreneur Educator of the Year? They gave it to me at NBA basketball games over here at the Phoenix Suns. Did you see? Do you see what I'm saying? That body of work should speak for you. Right? If you can get people results, there's not much that they're gonna ask for. Ask yourself, can you get them results? You know, can you get them what they're looking for? Can your organization get them what they're looking for? By the way, I'm gonna keep hammering this home as well. How many people think I'm I'm bragging? Does it feel like I'm bragging? It's okay if it does, but it shouldn't. Guys, I'm, I'm showing you what really works here. I'm showing you what you can accomplish with social proof. You guys should be sitting there looking at it and thinking about that. I'm actually even going to give you a specific list of what you should be going for. But first, let me do this. If I came up to you, Dee Dee, and you know, have you, you haven't actually heard this before, have you? Oh, this will be fun. All right, Dee Dee. If I came up to you and I said I got a gift for you, Susan, Susan Winvegas, she she just she really overthought this a little bit here. Dee Dee, if I came up to you and I said I got a gift for you. Right? I I hand you this brown paper bag, you'd kind of be like, well, you know, David seems like a nice guy. Maybe he packed me lunch. You'd probably be mildly excited, right? But what if I came up to you and gave you a Tiffany box? How much more excited would you be about a Tiffany box? uh, Yeah, much more excited. Guys, that's the thing. Most of you are walking around in a brown paper bag. What do I do? I put you in a Tiffany box.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Instant
0: some kind of is. guys some of you guys are walking around a brown paper bag I put you in a Tiffany box you got to get people excited about opening you up right you should have a gift for the world and the perception of value is that did you know that Tiffany boxes are resold on eBay yes. did you know there are guys going and buying Tiffany boxes on eBay for hundreds of dollars just to throw some other jewelry in it and give it to some girl <laughs> Because the brand is so powerful. The perception of value is so powerful, right? The packaging matters. In a very elevated, wise world, it wouldn't matter. We wouldn't judge a book by its cover. But guess what? Everyone judges your book by its cover. In a very wise world where we don't judge, it wouldn't matter what the cover said, it wouldn't matter if there was a bow, it wouldn't matter the color, but that's not the way the world is. So you can try to change the world or you can try to play along. (laughs) Let me tell you who makes the most money, (laughs) right? This, This is what it is, what is your packaging? What is the perception of value? When I'm helping people brand and we're figuring out words, names for companies, things like that, slogans, the Lippmann's test is to reverse engineer it and say, would somebody pay a lot of money for that? For example, my company's Icon Builder Media, we help you be an icon in your industry. Would someone pay a lot of money to become an icon in their industry? Yeah. Right? So whatever it is that you're creating, the power of purpose, live your purpose. Would somebody pay a lot of money to live their purpose? Would somebody donate a lot of money to live their purpose? Would somebody move heaven and earth to become their purpose? Absolutely. Right? So ask yourself that. What you're creating, does it have a perception of value? And does the packaging live up to that? Breakthrough? Wheels turn in here. You like this? You like this, don't you? Do I (laughs) get (laughs) a Tiffany box? Brand, this is a really good definition of the word brand. Anyone want to know why this is a good definition of brand? Because it's my definition, that's correct, exactly. Here's the best definition of brand. It is the sum total of all the experiences a person has had with any person, place, or thing, okay? Vegas, if I had you guys all write out on a piece of paper, hey, give me three or four sentences of what you think of Vegas. You guys would all come up with similar things. There'd be a common thread through everything you said because you've had the same experiences through going there through watching about it on TV or movies or friends or whatever. I could say China and you would write similar things. I could say Apple, I could say FedEx, I could say Starbucks. Your experiences, the sum total of all your experiences is what's really gonna make it count. Now stick with me on this because sometimes people get really too hung up on the words. If you just spent more time focused on the experience you're providing for everyone, that's really what's going to move the needle. What do I mean by that? What's the experience they have when they get on the phone with you? What's the experience they have when they go to your website? What's the experience they have when they read your book? What's the experience they have if they come into your office? What's the experience? What's the experience? What's the experience? experience? Disney is famous for the experience economy. They actually developed a tool, real long stick, at the very end of the stick, it heats up. And they'll take that stick and they'll go around and they'll heat up gum and they'll scrape it off the ground. The whole thing is designed just to scrape gum off the ground because they know that you can't experience the happiest place on Earth if every footstep sticks because you've got gum on the bottom of your foot, okay? That's how dedicated they are to the experience, a magical experience. How dedicated are you to that? How much do you think about that? What are the experiences you're creating? I guarantee you, if you create good experiences for people day in and day out, that's going to come back to help you. If you go into a bank branch, and there's a long line, and there's five people all talking together, and there's like one teller lane open, and you're all standing, and it's like that every single time you go in, and all these people have the same experiences, what does the brand become? Poor customer service, they don't care, they're lazy, poorly ran, right? Because that's the experiences we're all having. Are you with me? What are you doing to create an amazing experience in your videos? What are you doing to create an amazing experience? The experience that is appropriate with your brand on social media. Does your book, uh, uh, Ross put together a, a great book. There's nothing really wrong with the book but he brought us the book. And I said, Ross, if you'll give me a chance, over and above, I'd like to do more with your book. Because I wanted that book to create the experience because that's gonna be a reputation of him. Are you happy with what we did with the book? Yeah. If you want to believe in something and you're gonna go promote it, you don't want to be sitting there going, oh, it's not very good, or oh, I didn't do this, or ugh, now good, now guys, sometimes good is good enough, and that's tough. Sometimes we just have to, you know, my first book, like sometimes I'll see it on people's shelves and things like that. It's like, can I buy that back from you? And (laughs) because my first book isn't as good as my last couple of books, right? But I did it, I got it done. Sometimes you just, you know, good is good enough. You do the best you can with what you have to work with. But as time goes on, you wanna put together the best possible everything you can. But my people are better, my websites are better, my branding is better, my copy is better, my books are better, my media connections are better. It just goes with time. Rome wasn't built in a day. Wasn't built in a what? Yeah. yeah. So it takes time. So there's some balance here, right? Mm-hmm. How many people really like the Tiffany box? Did you like that? Say it hit home? You didn't like the Tiffany box? OK. Who else here, who, who, didn't, who else didn't like the Tiffany box? By the way, the Tiffany box is one of the top things that I do that people come back on, like whole TED Talks just because of that. But I always find that maybe there's one person who doesn't really like the Tiffany box. Yeah. Guys, so what do you do? You have to play to the masses, right? You have to know we can't make everybody happy, and that's okay. There's probably other things I've said that have been all right. Have I said anything else worthwhile? Oh, yeah, everything. okay, okay. You're like, no. I'm like, well you are really giving me a chance. I appreciate that. You're like seven hours in and I haven't said anything. Thank you for giving me a chance. Stick with me, you're gonna like this next part. I know, I'm just, I'm teasing, no, I'm teasing. No, she she did say yes. So this is what I like to show you here. This is what I call the icon solar system where it's your marketing universe. Just by looking at this, what do you think the most important thing is in your icon solar system, your marketing universe? Just by looking at it. Websites, right? Because it's the sun, and it's true. Your websites are the sun in your marketing universe. And people will look at this and go, really, David? You mean being on TV, traditional media and press, being on television, you're telling me it's more important for me and my my marketing universe to have a a great website than it is for that? Yes, why do you think that is? If I go to the producer, at Neil Cavuto, I've been on his show, and I'm talking to him over there, and I'm saying, hey, Check out this person, right? Check out Didi. You know what they're going to do? They're going to Google Dee, And they're going to see what's online. Is it understated? Is it sophisticated? Right? Or does the person kind of look like a huckster? Because they're scared to death that they're going to put somebody on the news or media, that later on someone's going to cut them a big check, and, it, and they're going to disappear off the face of the Earth. And they're going to call them up and say, hey, you know, you guys put this so-called expert on there. And I was kind of impressed, And I went and did this business with them. I've never heard from them ever again. Right? So, your websites are really important. And people say, well, David, you know, that doesn't make sense. I mean, you know, Brad Pitt doesn't need a website. Yeah, you're not Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) No, if you're ultra-famous, you don't need a website. But most of us that are kind of becoming celebrity experts, or kind of new to the business, if people don't know who we are, They're gonna Google us, they're gonna search us. Is there exceptions to this rule? Absolutely, okay? So websites, very important. After websites, published work, those are like books. Maybe you have magazines, credentials, uh, celebrity endorsements, testimonials. Uh, Planet Earth is social media, why? Because that's where everyone lives nowadays. Everyone lives on social media. That's why we make it Planet Earth. Um, Yeah, the biggest thing out there is really being on TV other than, you know, the sun in your marketing universe. I mean, still old fashioned media, TV, big radio shows, big TV shows. It probably shouldn't matter as much. They don't even really even have as many eyes on them. But there's just something to be said for being on those shows. There's just something to be, be said for that, you know? Who here has a TV show, a talk TV show that they would like to be on and you think it would help their business if you were on it? A doctor's show, today's show, Good Morning America, what, what would it be, Dee The Ellen Show. The Ellen Show? OK. Somebody else, give me a show that if you thought you were on it, you think it would really help you out. Ellen. Ellen? How many people say Ellen? That's interesting. Shark Tank. Yeah. Shark Tank? Anybody here say Shark Tank? You got to get someone Shark Tank? Maybe a few of you? OK. Another show? Anybody else have another show? Yeah? Super so Soul What is it? So Super Soul Super? Super Soul yeah 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 okay is that in California
1: Is it filmed in california yeah that's
0: what I thought who's the host of that never heard of her never heard of her <laughs> Yeah, obviously if you could be on Oprah's show, she doesn't do a whole lot anymore, and now she has her own networks, and it's not really on the main you know, cable station. But I mean, that's the kind of power she has. That's the kind of pull she has. Uh, the Doctor's Show is a big show. I've been on The Doctor's Show. It's a great show for Ross, right? It's a bunch of doctors. You know, if you have things that are medical, if you have things that are um, spiritual, you have things that are, uh, they lend a lot of credibility to the people that they have on the show. They talk about everything from parenting to lifestyle to, I mean, they really get into some good stuff. So that could be really good for a lot of you as well. The point is, is the more credibility you have, the more influence you have, the more they feel comfortable having you on those types of shows. You with me on that? Yeah. Helpful. You like you like now, guys. Remember this again. Making complex things simple. The presentation of the presentation. Do you see the diagrams? Do you see the way that I'm showing you guys things? If you weren't sure before, here are 12 accomplishments that qualify you to be a celebrity expert. This is kind of what you're working towards. Ask yourself, do you have testimonials and endorsements? Do you have testimonials and endorsements from celebrities? Have you been interviewed and celebrated in the media? Do you have before and after pictures? What I mean by this is, you know, if you're in fitness, have you helped somebody, you know, you got a picture of them here, and you know, maybe they're overweight and low energy and don't feel good, and now over here, they're more toned and they're more happy and they're more excited, you know, before and after. If you're in real estate, did you buy a house and it's broken down and busted up and you got kind of this picture and then in the next picture it was sold for more money than what you bought it for and it's got grass and it's you know catered and looks nice and You know, that's before and after pictures. You know, maybe it's a website, one's broken down and updated, and then you redid the website, but before and after pictures are really, really good. Do you have a track record of buying, running, and owning a successful company? Have you served on the board of advisors or board of directors? Have you spoke to large or influential groups nationally or internationally? Have you published a good book with measurable results? Do you have your own media, like your own radio show? You know, that's what Jeff's, uh, one one of the guys that can help you with that here. Uh, Probably the guy. But do you have your own media? do you have your own TV show or your own radio show? Do you have a large list, database, or social media following? Have you won awards? Do you have customized education or degrees? If you've got some of that up there, that's what's going to help qualify you to become a celebrity expert. Who here feels like they're, they're, they're getting there on the list? Yeah? About a third of you? Feel pretty good? Who here feels like they're just crushing the list? Just crushing it. Okay, a few of you, maybe, okay. Guys, you can do all this and then not do it for a while and it's not really gonna do you much good. You have to stay relevant. You know, I'll, I'll kind of occasionally switch my focus, do a bunch of media, then maybe do some of my own, then maybe I go on a bunch of stages, Or oh, what haven't I done for a while? Oh, let me show them I can still back, get back on television, you know, show them how to do that, or put a client on television, right? And then do this, then do that. You know, it can't be, you know, I have people like, oh, yeah, you know, I was on Oprah, cool, when? Oh, 1995. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, but the sooner stuff, the more newer stuff, it helps you stay relevant, okay? And if this sounds like a little bit like a game, it kind of is. I'm kind of showing you some of the rules. I'm kind of showing you how to play it. And, uh, you know, there are people that want to demystify this stuff. So this is how you do it. This is how you get out there. This is how you kind of create that image. Uh, Do you ever like this? Is this helpful, by the way? Yeah, so think about this. How do you do this in your own business? How do you take stuff that a lot of people might find worthy or valuable and do something like this. You know, some of the clients that push me the most, the people that like nag me in a loving way. Didi, I'm not saying who you are. But you might nag me an extra more. Ross, I'm not saying who you are, oh, he's out of the room. Uh, no, that, one of the, those people help me out a lot because I think like, oh, okay, I'm not being clear about this. Oh, David, what does it really mean? Well, what do I really need to do? Oh, what do they really need to do? So I sit down and I make out a list. Right? What are the questions that you're being asked that you need a better answer for? Someone might be saying, who are you? Or why are you? Or someone might be saying, well, you know, are you guys online? Or how long have you been around? Well, you know, where does the money really go to in your organization? Or what do you, how are you different from somebody? If somebody's asking you that a lot, figure out a really good answer to those questions. So the next time they ask you, it's, it's thought out. It's on purpose. It's by design. Some of us are just kind of winging it. Right? You have to practice more than you play. A really good musician or athlete, they typically practice for about 50 hours for every one hour that they perform professionally. A basketball player on a court, a football player on a, on a field, a musician on a stage, 50 hours. Yet I'll talk to business people and I'll say, OK, you're going to this big meeting. What are you going to say? I don't know. It depends on what they say. Really? <laughs> you don't want to script that out a little bit? <laughs> Ryan doesn't. He wants to wing it. No, it's okay. You set me up so well for that earlier, Ryan. I had, I had to go for that. But no, you guys should be talking about those things. I mean, I have six and seven figure people that I'm making them role play. Well, David, I don't know what I'd say in this situation. All right, well, tell me what you're afraid they'll say. And let me tell you how I would say it back to you. Okay, now you say it, role playing. Guys, and it's not just you, it's the people who work and represent for you. Ask them, what are they saying? What are you saying to people? What did they say? What did you say? Don't be afraid to role-play. I think role, people think role-playing is like uh, uh, kindergarten level, uh, high school level. Oh, that's you know, I'm so much more than that. Guys, you're not. I mean, you should role-play it out. We just talked about how important it would be to be on one of these shows, how important it would be to get one of these big investors, how important it would be to get this great client. You can't wing that stuff. Why would you risk that kind of stuff? Why not know what you're going to say before you're going into it, what you're going to show them? you with me on that? You were going to make a comment. Go ahead. Well, I'm just kind of curious, like, for myself and, and some of the other people I heard speak. Yeah. Um, Their story comes from their personal experience. Yeah. Being rock bottom, whatever. Yeah. And then sure. trying to make something positive out of yeah. the trauma. How do you, how does that fit into something like this where it's all from your heart, it's all personal experience and what you've learned. Yeah. Does that make sense? So specifically, how some of this might apply to somebody who's overcome a lot—that uh-huh. could literally be the before and after pictures. Okay. You know, I was in the hospital. I was told I'd never walk again. Hey, I was living on the street. I was told, da 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 da. Hey, I was. You know, what is kind of that hero's journey? There's an art to kind of telling a story in a presentation, a book, and one of it's called is it like a hero's journey. You know, how I went from here to here. How did I go from zero to hero? How did I go from invisible to invincible? How did I go from power? I'm sorry, from pain to power, okay? But yeah, that is one of those ways. I actually thought you were gonna ask a, a different question, but that, that's a good question. Anybody else have questions about what I'm saying, how to apply it to themselves? Yes. I
1: don't have a question, but I just did wanna do like a testimonial to what you said. Yeah, please take that.
0: Um, one of the reasons that I was
2: able to take off with my nonprofit is I had a a before and after, Mm -hmm. um, with my domestic violence situation Mm -hmm. and I'm like unrecognizable. And then, uh, when I was speaking one time and my local news station picked it up Mm. and it just like, it sent things soaring. So like, that's, that, that really does work really, really well. It was, it was a really good thing.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, you're welcome. Um, but yeah, you can ask yourself, you know, how do you influence the affluent? I'm going to talk more about this tonight. But having proof of your results is very important. Being publicly celebrated, to others very important. Having published works, very important. You can have published works and publicly celebrated, but you're missing examples of your success. You can have proof, and you can be publicly celebrated, but you're missing books and articles and specifics, the how-to. You, know, you can have proof of results and published works, but you're missing the awards, the testimonials, the media. If you can line those three things up, boom, that's where something really starts to happen. You guys start to get ideas on um, your own vine diagrams? Um, let me just do one more of these, and then I want to I want to celebrate a couple of people that are that are here in the audience uh, that you guys should know. Uh, a little bit more about psychology. How many people understand what I'm talking about? The, the importance of understanding how people think and how people make decisions. Uh, I go so, as, uh, so far as um, there are certain publications that you wouldn't think might be helpful to, to a marketer or someone who wants to grow their business that really are. One of my secret publications that I'll tell you that I get a lot of stuff from, and you know, I, I'll quote it when appropriate, but the magazine Psychology Today. Psychology Today, great magazine. How do people think? How do people act? How do they remember? Uh, what makes them make decisions? What makes them happy? What makes them sad? You know, you know, what helps them be strong? Where does courage come from? You know, is are you born with greatness? You know, can you da, 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 You know, there's some really great stuff in there. But if you want to move the masses, if you want to inspire action, you got to kind of understand what makes people tick. And that's why I've told you some of these things about the inside of people's brains. Can I tell you another one? Give you a little more psychology, decision-making psychology, okay? And it's okay if you don't agree with me on this. And uh, and if you don't, I'll I'll elaborate on even more. If you do, we'll just kind of go through it faster. Uh, But when you meet somebody, when they meet you, either consciously or subconsciously, they are deciding how important you are to them, how influential you are. They will literally assign you a number from 1 to 10. They may not even know that they're doing it, but they're doing it. They're doing it by how much attention they pay to you, by what they do with you, how much time they spend with you, how much they focus in on you. But a scale, 1 to 10, right? So let's say somebody meets you, and for whatever reason, they assign you a five. This may be right, this may be wrong, but they assign you a five. You could win the Nobel Peace Prize the very next day, and it's very unlikely that that number would ever move up. It's just the way that it is. Once somebody has assigned you a number, it's very hard to make that number change. It's possible, but it's very hard. It's very hard. Right? you don't believe me, who are the hardest people for you to impress?
2: Parents.
0: Friends and family. Yeah, parents. Friends and family, right? (laughs) I got a sister who has wanted to write a book for about six or seven years. My parents said, you know David's done about 130 books for people, right? Yeah, but I just want to figure it out myself. And that's, you know, I'm going to take a college class. And I just really want to get into it. and. Well, yeah, but you, you know that he's got a publishing company and they could just, yeah, I know, but it's David and I just, I want to learn. I'm her brother. Yes. My own sister. Yeah. She doesn't see me as a resource. Well, you know he's been on television and like regularly does a show and I mean, he could literally have you on and he could, yeah, I, I thought about that, but you know, I thought it'd just be better just to go through the process. It's very therapeutic and I just want to write my story <laughs> and no, you know, no. and it's just like, no, no. guys, it just, it's the way that it is. In 2008, I did a a year long contract from Infusionsoft and I was one of the people there when they went from about 7 million to 14 million. Matter of fact, Ryan Gary was there as well. And my, it was my job to speak on stages and uh, develop a lot of their joint ventures and get on stage and sell Infusionsoft on stage with these, these people. That's something that they contracted me uh, to do. And when people met me, they're like, well, yeah, that's pretty cool. And from there, I became the CEO of Gorilla Marketing. But the people who already knew me before, they're kind of like, well, yeah, it kind of makes sense. You know, you know all these people, and so some of them, you know, one of them hires you to be the CEO, okay, no big deal. But the people who met me as the CEO of Gorilla Marketing, wow, that's really cool. I know about guerrilla marketing. I know what guerrilla marketing's done. I know who Jay Levinson is, right? Then when I left there and kind of went out on my own and I actually bought a seven figure PR agency, Michael Levine owned LCOPR, represented 58 Academy Award winners, 43 New York Times bestsellers and 34 Grammys. You know, people who knew me were like, well, that kind of makes sense and that's fine. And you bought the company and, you know, whatever. You kind of bought yourself a seat at the table, right? You know, but the people who met me doing that like, wow, that's really impressive. That's really good. But people have a Way of always underplaying it, right? It's like, oh, I just got this office in Beverly Hills. Yeah, but you don't really own the building, and that's kind of cool, I guess. And hey, I just bought this new sailboat. I'm gonna take my clients out, we're gonna do a mastermind. Yeah, it's just a sailboat though. I mean if it was a yacht, I'd probably be a little more impressive. Hey, I was just on cable TV, yeah, but that's cable TV, it's local, that kind of makes sense. Hey, I was just on a national program, Fox News, yeah, but you weren't like live on set. They did you via satellite, they just kind of take you <laughs> in over there. Hey, I just won this award. I mean, it was the best award that you've ever seen. Yeah, but that was one of your friends. And you kind of knew who they were. Hey, I just won an award from the Fusionsoft. It's the Entrepreneur Expert of the Year. They gave it to me at an NBA basketball game. Yeah, but it was like at halftime and everybody was out inside the studios. I mean, nobody really, nobody really saw that. I mean, that was just the Suns. I mean, that's not really a big, a big deal. You know, hey, this client just bought me a Lexus. Well, yeah, it's a Lexus. If it was a Mercedes, I probably would have been more. You know, it was a Ferrari. I mean, everybody has a Lexus in California. I mean, come on. That's the way, pe- have you experienced this? Whatever your success is, they just kind of want to take it away from you a little bit, right? They just kind of want to pull it away from you. So why do I tell you this? Because so many times you guys get stuck in these local incestuous groups who are not really going to appreciate you for the success you are now. If you want to change it around, this should be a big breakthrough for you. You need to get out to new areas, new people, and get introduced as the success you are now versus the success you used to be right? That's what you got to do. After I bought that PR agency in Beverly Hills, I had a whole group come to me and say, hey, David, we want to put you on a three city tour in Australia. Okay, great, cool. I got off the plane and we did three cities in three days. So at the end of every day of speaking, they would literally pack me up and rush me out the door. And before I left, I would sign books and there'd be a car waiting for me. And some people started to realize like, oh, the line's too long. I'm not going to get a picture with David and have him sign my book. And so they would go out and they'd wait next to my car. I remember one time they were rushing me out to the car. David, you got to go. I don't have a bag. I don't have anything. We'll bring you with us tomorrow. We got to get you on this plane. This guy runs around as the car is pulling out, like my door shuts. This other door opens. This guy just shuts the door as we're literally driving away just so he could get a few minutes with me. I'm like, what are you doing? How are you even going to get back? He's like, I don't know. I haven't thought that far ahead yet. I just wanted to talk to you. But it was because I was brought to Australia as the success I was then, had been all these TV shows, I was brought in from someplace else, right? A prophet has no honor in his own town. A hero has no honor in his own country. Sometimes we have to go other places to get the respect, to get the love, to get the appreciation as the success we are now versus the success we used to be. That's why I'm saying, if you want a stronger start, develop the impressive social proof, but find new places and new people that can afford your value and get introduced as the success you are now, as the success you used to be. Are you with me on this? Who here finds this to be true for them? Who here had at least two or three breakthroughs through my rant? Okay, great. Now, I skimmed over one, but I want to hammer it a little, bit, a little bit more. So many of you guys, the problems you're having is because you're talking to people who can't really afford what you're worth. And because you, they can't afford what you're worth, you're giving them payments, you're giving them plans, and then when they can't pay you, they're upset and they're disappointed and then they're unhappy and they want to make it your fault, right? If you really want to change the game, here's what I do probably better than most. I'm very good at what I do. But here's why I'm more successful. Because I find the people that can afford what I'm really worth. If you go to Detroit, Michigan, and you say $10,000, that's like a house. You can buy a house, you can buy a condo. David, $10,000, that's a lot of money. If I go to LA and I say $10,000, it's like a house payment, okay? There's a different perception of value and money. So ask yourself, where are you going to find the people that can afford what you're really worth. What are you worth? How can you prove what you're worth? And how do you go find the people who can afford what you're really worth? It is a whole different shift. Do you know the people that have the best car buying experiences? Are they the people who are buying the most affordable cars? Or are they the people buying the nicest cars? The nicest cars. You would think, oh my goodness, that guy's gonna go spend $100,000 on that Mercedes. Oh my goodness, that guy's gonna go spend $150,000 on Porsche. That must be so stressful. Are you kidding me? They're having the time of their lives. Someone else down there trying to buy a five, $6,000 car, $10,000. They are stressed out. They are there all day. They are fighting over every nickel and penny. And there's nothing wrong with that. But it's a different mentality, right? Are you the Taco Bell of your business? Nothing wrong with that. Taco Bell does quite well. Are you the Walmart of your business? Right? Which are you? What do you want to be? Who has ever been to Fogo de Chao? Fogo de Chao, Brazilian barbecue, all you can eat. Scottsdale, Arizona. It's also in a lot of other nice places, right? You might wait a little bit longer. You might pay a little bit more, but the food is amazing. Speed, quality, service, right? Speed, quality, price. I said it wrong the first time. Speed, quality, price. You can have whatever two you want. Speed, quality, price. What do I get when I go to Walmart? Speed, quality, price. What am I getting mostly? Price. Price. That's what they're selling on. They're not trying to sell you on quality. That's okay. That's fine. Ask yourself, what do you want to be? Ross isn't trying to be the fastest. He's not trying to be the cheapest. He wants to be affordable, he wants to be reasonable, but he cares more about results. He cares more about quality. Sorry, Ross, I'm putting words in your mouth. Is that okay? Do you see what I'm saying here? It's a different approach. Celebrity experts who find people who can afford what they're really worth are going to get more, they're going to make more. Are you with me on that? how you position yourself, how you promote yourself, how you package yourself in the Tiffany box. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's Rolex, or maybe it's Cartier. I don't know, one of these nice boxes. It matters, but this is three steps to a stronger start right there. Good or great? Great. Great. Great or life-changing? (laughs) Life-changing. Wasn't life-changing, Ryan? Oh, You changed your life? life. You've, you've You've heard this a few times before. Yeah, but that
1: doesn't mean, I mean, how
0: many times do we need brush teeth? Wow. That's a personal yeah. question, but uh, yes. <laughs> good comeback. They said good comeback. They said that was life-changing right over here. Comments, questions? I know I'm going kind of fast, but I just, I want to give you guys some things. Comments or questions? Wheels are turning? I'm just so good. I've covered it so well. There, I mean, there's just no... No follow up to that. And just a little bit, we're gonna have a break. Oh, you do. Sorry, you weren't raising your hound hound loud enough. You have to raise it very loudly. Sorry. Here we go. Here, put that up there. there okay. Go. I love where you look for people that can afford what you deliver. So, where do you find those people? How do you go out and find those new audiences? Yeah, that's that's a great question. Um, some of that I'm gonna go over a little bit more tonight when I talk about how to influence the affluent. You know, how, you know your own PR, representing yourself. But in general. Um, You kind of know what your avatar is. Each one of you guys should know what the people look like that typically want to do business with you, that typically want to interact with you. For those of you who have been in business for a while, if you go back and look at the people who have invested in you, have donated to you, have hired you, there's probably a common thread through them. How many people feel like they've seen somewhat of a common thread? So I can tell you that for me, I don't get a lot of young people who really hire me. One, they probably can't afford me. Two, we do a lot of technology. Young people are typically pretty good with technology, so they want to figure it out or do it themselves, nothing wrong with that. Um, typically, my client is 40s, 50s, 60s, they're sophisticated, they have money, their time is very valuable, they don't want to do it themselves. I can teach them how to do it themselves, but they don't want to do it themselves. They want it done for them. So I kind of know what my client looks like. I know where they live, I know where they drive, uh, I know how they act, I know how they make decisions. Um, they like delegating, they like empowering, you know, they want and value results. Uh, because they have money they don't mind you know, paying to get value, to get results, to get services. Uh, there's three things I teach my team to look for and I think this could help you as well Sherry. One, do they have money? Two, do they have a way to make more money? And three, this is an important one, do they have enough pain that they're willing to change what it is that they're currently doing? So like one of my clients was uh, Harry Dent, the economist. Anybody know who Harry Dent is? Uh, great economist, I did work for him back in 2011, 2012. I was there when he uh, uh, rung in the bell on the Wall Street Stock Exchange, very successful guy. Hey David, what should I do now? Hey David, what should I do now? Well it got to the point where it was like, hey you should have a mastermind, you should hang out with people and they'll pay you this much money. Harry's like, I don't wanna hang out with people. <laughs> Harry didn't have any pain. He doesn't need to hang out with anybody. He's not like a mean guy or a closed off guy, it's just that you know, he just didn't really wanna do that. Hey, you could travel around and speak at more events. I don't really wanna travel around and speak at more events, you know? So now, if he was really hungry and if he was unsatisfied and he had a certain amount of pain, he would say, yes, I'll do that now, yes, I'll do that now, yes, I'll do that now. So I'm also looking for people that not only do they have money and have ways to make more money, I'm looking for people that have a certain amount of pain. If you have no pain, I'm going to ask you to do things that might be difficult. And if you don't have enough pain that'll make you want to change, well, then probably not much is really going to happen. You know? So that's, that's for me and my business. It's not going to be the same in every business. Helpful? Yeah. Anybody else? Question, comment? How much time do we have left, by the way, here on the segment? Mm-hmm. What? Uh, we have it it 10 minutes. 10 minutes, perfect, yeah. Yes, Ryan. Okay, hang on one second. There is a small chance you might say something we all want to hear, so let's give you that mic.
1: Small chance. Uh, I actually, I wanted. I actually wanted to um, be a little vulnerable and acknowledge that I've been out have integrity in some of these events that I've been to in the past, especially with the twelve accomplishments. Um, I've, you know, I've, I've been here, before, you know. <laughs> I had a hard time with it in the past, and I didn't do it a lot of times because historically speaking, I had a hard time with people complimenting me and looking at my accomplishments because that just meant a barrier, a, a, a set, an expectation that now had to hit. Great, now I, David calls me the genius. like, great, now I've got to be the genius. Um, now I've got to be that guy. Now I have to be that. And so I guess what I would say, is the breakthrough that I actually got from this time is seeing you, you know, in your transition and how you handle things, I just want to acknowledge that I realized that I was out of integrity. I didn't realize that I was out of integrity before. And so I just want to make a commitment to you that I'm going to write down 12 accomplishments and I'm not going to let myself stop that. So I just want to thank you.
0: So let me me tell you, thank you. So, So let me tell you what Ryan's talking about. What Ryan's talking about is that at one point in time, me and Ryan hung around each other quite a bit. And I said, Ryan, I'm going to do this. And, and Ryan said, David, I'm going to do this. And Ryan didn't do everything that he should have done. And uh, I've ended up where I'm at, and he's ended up where he's at, and it's a good place for him to be. How many people think I'm being tough on him, by the way? this this already sound kind of tough? I'm being kind of tough on Ryan. But here's why I'm being tough on Ryan, and I mean this sincerely. He is the biggest creative genius that I have ever met. I mean, I'm being serious by that. Me and Ryan have had more fun and more productivity and more success creating for people than any other one person I know. And Ryan should have done more with that. He should have, let's just be honest. You brought it up, you called yourself out, so I'm, I'm I'm gonna jump on the train. Still very happy, great wife, three kids, had some success but well, you could have done more. I could have. You've been, a, yeah, but you're gonna do it now. And I like it that you stood up here and sat in front of everyone, because now we're all gonna know. We're all gonna f- watch you, we're all gonna see what's going on Facebook, we're all gonna, you know, we're gonna, we're gonna follow you up a little bit. So I have another event that I'm gonna do in uh, May here, May 17th through the 19th. I'm just giving you a little bit of this marketing stuff. But the 17th to the 19th, I have an icon expert. If you're an expert and you want to know how to monetize your expertise, you want a lot of training on how do you speak, and the blueprints, and how do you mar- I, publicity, I'm going to go into that in great detail. So you come on May, right, three months away, and then we'll check in on you and see how you're doing.
2: You
0: got it. OK, everyone, everyone ready to do the Ryan check-in in May? We'll all be back? <laughs> I'm a big believer in the fan-first philosophy. Icons have fans. You need to have fans. How do you get fans? Write this down give, serve, share. That's the easy part. But you need to do it strategically. If you give, serve, and share too much, then they don't need you anymore. You become the wrapper of the candy. What happens to the wrapper? It's thrown out. out. They already got the candy. They don't need you. (laughs) So you gotta make sure that you are giving, serving, and sharing strategically. I'm going to talk more about that later, but at least you should know that. Some people don't do it at all. Some people do it too much. We want to get you somewhere there in the middle, somewhere there in the middle. You with me? OK. Um, I want to talk about Frank. Do we have his stuff here? Tomorrow, you're going to get to hear Frank Shankowitz. And, um, and I want to, to get just kind of a quick introduction uh, to him. I also need the silver laptop out of that bag. Because I want to play something. We're going to go on a break here in a second, right? We're going on a break in like, what, five, 10 minutes? Yeah. You guys, can you guys make it seven minutes? You Going to be OK? You're going to be all right? Is this, is this infotainment at its best? You're entertaining, getting information, learning, maybe? Yes, no? You can plug that in over there. Yeah. So this is what's called working without a net. I, I don't know what's going to happen. That's the beauty of radio, too. Doing things live, you're working without a net. So I'm going to attempt something here that may not work. I, I, we just m- I might fall flat on my face. Are you guys OK with that? I'm OK with that. Relationships are like bank accounts. You have to credit those accounts with the people that you have relationships with. If you debit those accounts to the point of overdrafting, to the point of bankruptcy, that's bad. So you gotta ask yourself, are you a giver or are you a taker? And are you giving to givers or are you giving to takers? One thing you gotta understand about a taker, they're never gonna feel bad. They're not, they're not going to bed at night saying, oh my goodness, this person just <laughs> gave me more. Oh my, I, I don't deserve it, what am I gonna do? They're not doing that. Okay, you give to a taker and they just take. You give to a taker and they just take and they just keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. Anybody know who I'm talking about here? You ever, anybody here given to a taker before? <laughs> now when you give to a giver, what happens? They almost don't want you to give to them because they will lose sleep over it until they can give back to you. They're immediately thinking how can they give it to you. They don't even want to be in debt to you, like they can't help it to just want to give to people. They'll give till it hurts They'll give just because. They'll give because it fulfills them. They'll give because it makes them happy. They'll give sometimes because maybe there's something missing inside of them. But the world could be separated into kind of givers and takers. And you have to have a little bit of a knowledge of that relationship bank account, right? You have to have a little bit of an idea of what that looks like. Right? If you're constantly taking from people or things aren't going well, how's that gonna end? Anybody here ever gone relationship bankrupt with someone? Here overdraft, right? So maybe that's a little too literal. Maybe I'm overthinking this a little bit. But I want you to look at this like a business. I want you to look at this like a way that you actually grow. There's people who are just winging it, then there are people who have purpose. There are people that have a plan, right? You with me on this? Uh, I was looking for Steve Jennings' video, but I, I didn't see it in the folder. It should be in, that's okay. Um, so will you, uh... okay, perfect. Um, so I wanna introduce you to somebody who who is who is just the the ultimate uh, giver and created a whole movement uh, of giving and giving unconditionally. And um, I want you guys to help uh, welcome to the stage the founder of Make-A-Wish Foundation, Frank Shankowitz. So Frank is going to be speaking tomorrow morning. He's going to be speaking about the same time Sherry is. And so I just want to make sure you guys get the chance to come back and, and, and hear him speak. We're going to go to a break in just a few minutes here. And Frank was nice enough to, to come in the room early. And, uh, uh, you know, for those of you who don't know, he actually lives here in Arizona, up in Prescott, right? Right. And um, uh, so tomorrow he's going to share his story of, you know, how the foundation was created and, and the first boy that, that had that wish and what him and his... Uh, a uh, fellow uh, patrolman did, um, and uh, I don't want to steal that thunder, and I think some of you probably already know that story, but I'll let you do, he'll share that tomorrow. But Frank also just uh, completed filming a movie called uh, The Wishman, all the filming's done, right? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so that's going to be in some film festivals and go on to do some other things. So he just finished a movie about his life and about those things. And of course, I have a personal uh, connection to this as well. You know, I've had a family member who was honored and who was uh, given to greatly by the Make-A-Wish Foundation. So it's great to be able to to know Frank. Anybody here have a connection or a story or somebody that they knew that benefited from the Make-A-Wish Foundation? Yeah. So about thirty, 30 of thirty you over here. So tomorrow you'll be you'll be hearing him and. Uh, last year, about the time of Steve Jennings' passing, you guys heard me talk about him earlier. Uh, we wanted to do something really special, and we really wanted to search, you know, far and wide, you know, for somebody who was that um, exemplary person. I mean, this morning you saw us um, uh, celebrate Sherry here and a few other people. Uh, last year um, we celebrated uh, Frank uh, in California. And we created this award for him here, uh, the Invincible Warrior, Spirit Summit, Invincible Warrior, Frank Shankiewicz. And so I wanted the people in his home area, his home state to see uh, and and be able to meet him. And so please stand and give him a big round of applause for this honor, thank you.
2: Receive this and what a great event we had in Los Angeles and I needed a bigger suitcase because this thing weighs a bunch <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, hopefully tomorrow uh, you can all join me um I'll be here all day tomorrow after the presentation, so if you want to network, come and talk to me. We can go outside and sidebar. And tomorrow we're also going to show a couple clips from the movie, so yeah. hopefully you'll enjoy that.
0: I haven't even seen these yet as well. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's really cool. So, yeah, make sure, I mean, he's very kind. If you want to take a picture, if you want to connect, if you want to, you want to pick his brain, I mean, that's what he's here for. Um, you know, I know there's some of you guys that are working on books that he would be a great person to maybe write the forward for a book. I can't commit that for him, but you know, you know this is how it all starts. You know, you're, you're now one degree of separation here, okay? I've done my work. I've done my part. I can't do everything <laughs> for you, okay? <laughs> so have the chance and get to know him. I'm so excited. Part of was just like, just do it now, let's just do it. How many people want to hear Frank? But we can't, we're gonna do it tomorrow. And he, he, he got in here and he's gonna be resting up. You've had kind of a rough year, haven't you?
2: A little rough here, yeah. Um, had a the reason I kind of hobbled up here is I had a compound fracture in March, on my birthday, matter of fact, and then following that, uh, some heart issues, and we got that straightened out. They just put in a pacemaker, and uh, everything's working good. So I'll just stay away from microwaves. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Thank you, friend. You Thanks. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, good or great. Greater life-changing, yeah, it's good stuff. There's some amazing people here, really. I know I keep saying that, but seriously, if you guys start to talk to these people and connect them, I mean, there's some really cool people here. Uh, And tomorrow, we have some that uh, weren't gonna be able to be here today, but they'll be here tomorrow. We have a few that were here today, but won't be able to be here tomorrow. So you know, the more you can be here, the more you'll get out of it, the more you'll meet these people. Um, you know, a lot of the events that we have, Frank at stuff like that. I mean, it's huge, busy rooms. I mean, your ability to talk to a Casey Teller or a Frank Schenkowitz or a Sherry Watson or whatever, I mean, it's it's pretty it's pretty good. The odds here are pretty good that you can uh, trap someone in a corner. Frank's moving slow. I mean, you can really get him in a good corner for a while, I and mean, he probably couldn't get out. You know. You know, you can probably get him in there for a good five minutes before you before you probably get out there. Frank, if you do get trapped, just wave your hat and I'll come over and rescue you if someone traps you in a corner. <laughs> All right.